Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, your weekly podcast on all things investment, hosted by me, Jacob Kearns. Have you ever heard the saying, your network is your net worth? Well, there's definitely truth to that. Whether you're a business owner or working your way through your profession, there are several ways you can use networking to accelerate your career. With me today, I have two exceptionally talented professionals who have utilized their networking skills in a variety of interesting ways to accelerate their business. My first guest is someone who's been on the podcast before. He's an expert in the property investment space and an absolute pleasure to talk to. Welcome back, Mr. Stephen Kwan. Well, thanks for having me again, Jacob. Always great to be on the podcast with you. My second guest today has not been on the podcast before, but her company, Dovetail, is doing some incredible work helping small to medium-sized businesses make an impact on the world by strategically partnering them with the right charity. Welcome to the podcast, Kiralee Graham. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here. So I want to break this episode up into two sections. First, I want to talk about how networking fits into your overall business strategy. And then I'd like to get into your strategic approach when it actually comes to attending these networking events and building relationships. So first, I'll throw it to you, Kiralee. As a business owner, out of everything you could be spending your time on to further your business, what makes you choose networking? Well, I think that there is never a silver bullet answer to, you know, how you grow your business. So it's always having a balance of a few different strategies um, and networking is a really, you know, good one to include in that. Um, That, you know, is just good business sense. But also for me personally, I really love being with people, you know, so it's something I enjoy. I get a lot of energy out of being around other people. Um, And I think that's just a, you know, something that, sort of really helps me in just working in my business day to day to have something that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I think that also as business owners, we can very much get stuck in working in our business and, you know, networking and having some structure and regular commitments around networking is a really good way to keep the focus on working on your business. Yeah. You know, from a strategic point of view as well. So I think that's, it's, it's, a bit of a balance of having a few different strategies, but for me, that's something I really enjoy. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective, balancing those different strategies and including networking in there as one of them. How do you find networking helps you work on the business rather than in it? There's probably a couple of different ways. A, a lot of networking events really do, they're not just about turning up and talking to people. There's usually some sort of education mm. um, or point of interest that you're talking about uh, that is business related. So I think it's a benefit because you're always learning as well. You hear from different speakers and, Mm. you know, there might be different areas of expertise that they have. So that's Mm. a really good way just to be learning, you know, more about how you can be more effective in your business. Mm. Um, And and also, too, just what you learn from others because uh, I think particularly now we're a lot more comfortable with having our 
niche areas of expertise, or I like to call them our superpowers. It's like, what's your superpower? So, you know, if you can connect with those people um, and you've got a genuine interest in that area or it's an area that you don't do so well, then, you know, you can learn quite a lot just from those conversations or perhaps connecting with them afterwards to follow them, get their newsletters, listen to their podcasts. Mm. So, you know, there's definitely the, you know, other benefits from just about what you can get out of them as a potential client. Yeah. Yeah. I think adding on that, so just jumping to the conversation there, but adding on that for what Curly just mentioned about a networking opportunity or learning opportunities, I'm finding that when you're going to different networking, you're meeting different businesses and and what by you learning about how they talk to their clients, how they you know, uh, explain their businesses, is actually providing you another perspective for your own business need. And one of the things that I found very interesting about networking as well is that the power of connecting with other businesses that you never think, if you're sitting in the office, you never think that you have an opportunity to connect with those people. But by, the, by, by a conversation with them, you're finding that, well, they have a common interest or way that we can collaborate with each other to create a very specific and tailored need that our clients will find it, wow, I never heard about this. How can you guys come up with this idea? But that's the actually starting from networking and knowing people. To go into that a little bit deeper, Stephen, essentially you're saying you're using networking in a way that's not just growing your client base, but you're thinking about how can I better serve the existing clients that I have by using my network to help them find services that they might not have found otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's all about when you're in businesses and you know, one of the things that to continue growing and continue evolving your businesses is about adding more value to your clients. So any good businesses or any great businesses would agree that we're constantly asking how can we better serve our client base? Mm. You know, looking at look after your existing clients are much valuable than trying to spend hundreds of hundreds of thousand dollars trying to extracting new clients. Thinking about this, if you look after your existing client base by providing more additional services that helping them continually growing their own personal journey or professional journey, they will keep thinking about you. It's, it's also being like in the front of their mind as well. Going back to the basic of networking strategy, why we're using networking is also part of that to be building our personal brand in the market, knowing more professionals. Yeah, and I think that this has really shown up for me because my current business dovetail is very new. It's, you know, it's sort of just going into its third year. And I just find that having the right sort of other professional services that I can collaborate with, I've found because I work a lot with the charity sector and they quite often don't have internal resources, particularly around marketing. So we've been able to bring in photographers, videographers, copywriters, you know, and all these people. They're, they're not people that I have in my business at this stage. So mm. I can connect with my community and my network to actually bring those people in. And that's just really valuable, you yeah. know. And so your value to your clients is really high as well. It's not just that transactional part. It's actually you really start to develop, I suppose, a partnership and that really deepens the relationship so that you become a valuable part of their business. Yeah. 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 One of the things that um, I think like last week I'm meeting you, we also have a really good concept and I really like that and how you're wording that in the way that when we go networking, right, we want to become a master connector. 
What that means is that anything that our client need in whatever aspect, personal, professional, you know, if they want to improve their mindset, if they want to be improve their physicals, or if they want to have career progression, or if they want to grow their businesses with the right services to help them, they instantly think about us. Mm. And that's also another way for us to keep in touch with our client base so they can constantly understand that we're there to look after their future benefit and future interests as well. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And so, Kirli, tell me about your strategic approach when you're thinking about where to allocate your time between these networking events and what factors you consider. So I definitely am very strategic around how I network. Uh, So I don't think that it's a great approach to be just going to a whole bunch of events. (laughs) So I tend to very uh, carefully choose no more than three that I would focus on for the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would at least have two that I am going to really spend the time going on a regular basis, taking time to meet and follow up with people, do the one-to-ones, you know, actually catching up for a coffee or you know, lunch or whatever to really sort of deepen those relationships so that you're really kind of embedded in them. Um, I think that you do see quite often and people do think about networking around, I've got to go to events, I've got to get business cards and I've got to meet (laughs) meet as many people as possible, but it's not necessarily like that. Um, So when I go to an event, I also have an intention that I'm going to come away with at least two or three people that I'm going to catch up with afterwards, you know, and so making sure that I I get around the room and meet enough people and have enough of a conversation so that I can actually go, yes, this is somebody, should we, let's catch up for lunch or let's catch up for a coffee and I think we can, you know, work together on something or there's a lot of synergy between what we do and, you know, and really spend that time to do that extra follow-up. And I think that's another thing that quite often people miss is allocating the time to do the Mm follow-up. So that's, I think, a really important part. Critical, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think I, I really agree with you in the way that you're approaching um, networking as well because networking is part of the strategy or day-to-day activity that we do. Other than that, we also have spend time to look after our clients and connecting with more people and have a same approach like you. Um, when I, for, for the whole year, when I'm sitting down and, and I'm selecting the networking groups or networking events to go to, I tend to also strategically asking my question is, if I go into this, what value would I be able to give to this group? And also what their value exchange back to the businesses that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually before I go into any networking groups or any networking events, I also usually research about the people. Yes, yeah, yes, the, people actually, yeah. the people actually <laughs> in there because... Again, like you, I mean, like, I don't want to go in there and try to talk to, like, hundreds of people and collecting the business card. And by the end of the event, I, I feel great. Maybe I collect a lot of business card, But when I look at the business card, I forgot <laughs> what the conversation I have with mm. those people. Yes. And, and then over years, I'm learning that we go into networking events. When you do research, you identify some key people that in the industry that related to you and have a common interest or common goals. When you go in there and you're connecting with those people, um, you'll be able to have a, a deeper conversation, but also may have an instant interest, be able to then have a, a, a more productive follow-up after that. So for me, I refer to connect with people in a deeper level. I rather than connect with like, you know, five or 10 good people that really know what we do and what we, I'd be able to also helping them to grow their businesses mm. as well. And then we can grow slowly from there rather than, you know, meet a hundred people and, and try to keep up with that. I, some people can be able to do that. I 
really admire how they do that because <laughs> I don't I can't find my time to you know look after a hundred people. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think um, it, that's something I definitely do too. If there's an opportunity to do that research before you go to an event to see out who's going to be there, so you can be intentional about who you want to connect with and you know make sure that you do that does happen and and even ask you know if the event organisers can you introduce me? This is somebody I'd really like to connect with. Okay. I think that's really, you know, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. We're there. It's networking. That's yeah. what we're there yeah. for. So, you know, you don't have to be apologetic around that. And I also think that you need to be clear about who are the types of people that you do want to connect with. Mm. And this is another thing that, um, you know, after many, many years, you kind of do get the sense of who are people that you're not going to just connect with as a one-on-one, but are possibly working with your clients, the same sort of clients as you are, mm. who will become referral partners. So it's the one-to-many, um, and so that there is that benefit, whether it's because you can both offer very similar or complementary services, uh, because they have a need that um, that you can perhaps fulfil for their clients, mm. which could be a benefit. So, you know, being very clear for yourself about what that is so that when you go to those meetings, you can actually, you know, all those events, you can actually be looking out, you Mm. know, for those types of people as well. It's all about building relationships and and connecting with people. Mm. And so, you know, how could I possibly help this person? How could I possibly help connect them with who they need to, Mm. um, you know, to be connected with? Yeah. Um, And that's a really, you know, when you come from that place, then I think that's a really solid foundation for building a good relationship. Yeah. And it is all about relationship building, Mm. isn't it? And that's an interesting perspective, what you just said. Do you find that people attend these networking events with a focus on themselves and how can they find clients for themselves? How do you move on from that selfish kind of attitude? Yeah, that's really interesting because I just recently had uh, been at one of our regular events that Stephen and I go to, our regular networking event, and there was a lady that came along to that meeting and, you know, we connected and connected on LinkedIn afterwards Mm. and stuff, which is great. You know, that's that's absolutely fine to do that. But next minute I'm getting this salesy message that wasn't really personalised and it was inviting me to attend and book in a time to find out more about her. And then I got an email as well and it just kind of really left that icky feeling mm. for me you know I was just mm. like yeah you're not you're not my person you're not my kind of person yeah whereas just coming from that place about just building the relationship and seeing how you can work together I think people are getting a lot smarter about that now and I think people do sort of realize that that's a better approach mm. there are a lot of people that don't necessarily do it that way mm. yeah um, and and it may be perhaps that I tend to go to events and work in certain networks that do do it well as well. Mm. I think you get a little savvy as, yeah, as yeah. you get a bit older and a little yeah. bit more seasoned yeah, yeah. Um, to where you go. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's probably On, on that note, I, I do agree with you. And one of the things, because I, I've never been into the situation where I get into the event that I I be selfish, maybe because I did a lot of research and also talking to different people before I actually attain my first networking events. Every intention I'm going there is I'm asking, yes, I do a lot of research, knowing who actually in the room to make sure that they at least they're relevant. When I say relevant is, do they have a relevant industry or the services that they can provide to the client that I'm working with? Because my first intention in going there is purely thinking about how can I help my clients by reaching out to more professionals that can deliver other services that we not be able to deliver, right? To have that holistic approach, our client journey. Mm. And because of that, for starting from that point and, and going to the event, I know who I'm, I want to connect first, uh, but really the question is, having the question about what can I help you? Like, how can I bring 
the value to you? What what challenge? What what problem are you facing? Because what I'm finding is that building that connection, we're still human, you know. And the fact that no one wants to come and say, "Hey, can you sell this to me?" or "I want to sell this," or blah blah blah. And the approach maybe maybe expire, I guess. You mm. know, um, now it's more about connection, uh, relationship building. About that, if you're able to giving to that people, giving a lot of value to other businesses, and they do a great job, that's reflect into the client that they, you refer them to. Because they look at they, they they do a good job. They look after your clients, and the client happy about you, about your service, about your connection. That also magnifies your 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 client base down the track as well. Mm-hmm. And eventually, again, you know, we here for businesses as much as you can give to some extent. The people that you helping them to grow their businesses, they will also want to get back to you, yeah. and, and that's it. Where I'm seeing relationship building is more a long term approach rather than you think that you might be attending one event or two event and you can max like you know a lot of businesses. I think that that's it. Just a very yeah. short term. It's very it's very hard to build trust yeah. when effectively you know when you when it's that transactional. I think, and so when you when you can actually build build a relationship and demonstrate that you care um, you start to build that trust mm. and ultimately people will only buy off you or recommend you if they trust you yeah. and so that's that can only happen over time yeah and something that's worth pointing out too is you guys are talking about looking for other people that will better serve your clients but the other people at these events are probably doing the same so if you're working to build these relationships then if you're playing the long game in time hopefully some of these people will start referring clients to you as well absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, 100%. Okay. Well, moving on to when you're actually attending these events, a lot of people don't know what to do when they enter a room full of people. So, Stephen, tell me your approach when you first enter a room. Yeah, so when, when I walk into the room, what I will do is I will stop for a quick second or two because I want to observe the room. I want to see who actually there. I'm not who actually there, but observe the room and, and find my, my niche. And how I, what I mean by find my niche is, looking to connect with people that uh, they have an open body language or they're in the open group that they welcome newcomers to come in and have a chat with them. So that's sort of like helping me to be a little bit more comfortable to getting to know the stranger, especially when you're brand new to a networking event. It's like speaking to strangers, sometimes a bit nerve-breaking. But if you've done all the research, you know who you're talking to. And when you're going there, you, you observe the room first and then you identify who actually opened up the conversation. The, the body language is very critical because if you have like a group that's, like, let's say, two people and, and they're in a closed position where they're in depth conversation, if you try to come in and interrupt them, perhaps they might say hi to you, but they're going back to the conversation and you wasn't sure how you can interrupt that mm-hmm. conversation anymore. And you feel maybe a bit rude to get in and you're standing there yeah. and wasting your time bit of an awkward mm. situation yeah, correct, correct, <laughs> yeah. but then if yeah. you look at people that um, they in they also made in a small group and they're more open up so you can see that the sport and the way they stand that inviting new people coming in and you can come in and say hi and these people will tend to welcome you to the group and they will start asking some question a little bit about you and you can be able to ask a bit question about them as well mm-hmm. um, and other thing that I um, it's a little bit just before I get into the, the event as well is was I'm looking at maybe a, a, a short pitch not the pitch but really a, a short way to interview myself mm-hmm. um, that give them enough interest to continue the conversation yeah okay yeah. let's go into that what, yeah. what do you say okay so how about you ask me a question <laughs> uh, I come in the group today hello I'm Stephen 
Hey Stephen, my name's Jacob. Oh, Jacob, Jacob. Nice to meet you, Jacob. You too. What made you come into the event today? <laughs> Just having a look around, doing some networking. <laughs> Wonderful. And what, yeah. what, what do you do? Uh, I run a podcast, actually. Wonderful. Okay, and what podcast are you running? Uh, it's called Investor Intelligence. We interview a bunch of professionals about how... Hang on, let me say. Yeah. We, <laughs> that, that's perfect. It's a perfect example, right? Yeah. That really is. It's perfect because having something actually prepared, yeah. you know, you can really like you, it's it's almost practice. It's literally your elevator pitch. Yeah. Um, but if you have it prepared, you can, it just rolls off your tongue. Yeah. yeah. You know. So and how about do, do we doing this? We take another role. So you come across <laughs> and then you ask me the question: What do I do? Okay, Stephen. So what do you do? Well, Jacob, I mentor investor to be wealth through property. Mm-hmm. And what does that involve? Well, that means that I will help them to go through education and help them to build a portfolio at the same time that they can leverage on property and achieve their financial goals or their personal goals. Mm. You know, and you can see when I give you initial answer, it was like, what do you mean by mental investor? To yeah. Well, what do you yeah. mean by that? Yeah. So it's saying enough to get some interest, but they kind of also want to know more. So you're not just going off for about five minutes where you see people's eyes glaze yeah, over there. and go, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to go top up my <laughs> yeah. drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that um, leads perfectly into uh, my next question, which is how do you extract yourself from a conversation that you don't think will serve yourself or the other person or your clients? How do you politely get out of that? <laughs> Would you like me to take that one on? Yeah. Okay. So I think, I mean, it's it's always important to be polite about it, yeah. you know, and I think that generally generally you will find that it's, it's a mutual thing, you know, in the odd occasion it may not be. So I always sort of apologise and maybe say, oh, I don't want to hog all of your time. Um, is there anybody in particular I can connect you with that you'd love to connect with tonight? Mm. Um, and actually, you know, make myself useful in that sense to perhaps connect them with somebody that would be. Yeah. Um, or even just saying, oh, look, it's, I'd but love that, to get to that, connect with a few other great. people, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm going to make sure I do my rounds tonight, you know, and just make sure that it's clear that you you are actually wanting to move around and, mm. and meet a few people. I think there's there's lots of different creative ways you can I do know. it. I know. And interestingly, you mentioned that, and um, <laughs> it's actually one of my questions that I usually use to uh, politely to get out of the conversation as well was, mm. um, you know, great to have a chat and understand what you do. Um, who I would like to connect today? So yeah. I can interview you. Yeah. And, and and then that's allowed me to sort of also for them to also realize that it's, it's like they're not there to just continue talking about their businesses and all of that. Mm. But then sort of like when you're asking that question, you, you lend them a hand and say, you know what, let me welcome you to the group. Let me welcome you to the mm. event. Who in particular looking for? Let me connect with that person and then maybe have a more productive conversation from there. And eventually like, by finding that people actually remember you mm. as a person, even though you don't have anything in common yet, mm. but they remember that, oh, I meet Curly, I meet Stephen, and actually introduce me to this person. And then when they continue that conversation, when they maybe the client asking, oh, how did you meet this person? And they would say, oh, because Stephen... Or curly in interview me to to that group. Yeah. yeah, and I think even another thing that works really well too is getting there early. I know it's not something people can always do, but when you get to events early, you get a really good opportunity to meet people as they're coming in, and you can then have that kind of those 
those sort of people there mm. and you know a little bit about them so that you know if there are if you do come into that situation you you can actually then make those connections for others as well yeah mm. um, I think that's really good because it's always you kind of I think it's you feel a lot more comfortable being there earlier and being settled rather than sort of coming in and yeah. it's busy and everyone's talking and yeah. you're going oh you know is there a group I can kind of mm. get into a conversation with so I think that it's I know it's just those little things that you can do to yeah to make the experience I think a lot easier and and yeah, I think they're also another strategy as well. I think it's also going back to the body language as well. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when, when you stand in a group, unless you're in a very deep conversation, normally I try to avoid the that sort of conversation in, in networking events. It's more like after the follow-up and catch-up and the coffee catch-up and all of that, the way we spend more time to do one-on-one with each other. But in that event, I always stand in the open uh, body language, even in the group. Just so we can also welcome new people coming in and that's also an opportunity for you to somehow interrupt the conversation that you wouldn't want to continue. Maybe another, you know, creative yeah. strategy to be polite. Yeah, mm. and so what you're meaning is like not facing each other directly, but sort of... Sort of like sort of a little... Yeah, yeah, just yeah. sort of, but you're open so that, mm. you know, another third person could easily see that they could just walk into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, like with the podcast, it's maybe a little bit hard to yeah. visualize that, but <laughs> yeah. it basically, when you're in the depth conversation, two party or two people will be facing each other directly, and their 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 feet or their legs is usually pointing each other. That's it. Kind of indicate to you they're in a depth conversation, in close conversation. Yeah. But if you look at their legs and their their open the angle slightly in the opposite direction or, or just slightly different direction. Then, then they also have that open body language. If, mm. Would you agree with that? Yes, probably? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've discussed that you know you don't you want to balance connecting with as many people as you can versus connecting more deeply with a handful. Do you have any tips on in the follow up how to actually provide value in that follow up to keep top of mind and build that relationship? I definitely one of the um, one of the principles that comes out of the the BNI network is the twenty four seven one principle. Okay, which means that you connect with them um, within twenty four hours after meeting them. So whether that's you drop them an email, you um, ask to connect on LinkedIn, something like that. Yeah. Uh, then within seven days, you'll have another touch point. So it might be, hey, I saw this article today and. Um, thought that this would be of interest to you or there's this other event that's coming up. I thought this might be your kind of people, you know, so there's something else to do that follow-up. And then make sure the one is that you actually have a one-to-one catch-up within a month, one month. Okay. Um, so that it's not so far away that, you know, you don't have to catch up with everybody tomorrow, mm-hmm. but within the next month make sure that you, you've caught up for a coffee or a lunch so that you can have that deeper conversation. So, yeah, I find that works really well. And it's kind of a really nice formula that you can just schedule it in and just say, right, I'm going to call these people on this day and mm. make, you know, you can just sort of put that structure in place. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, that, that's, that's structure there. Also on building on that as well, the balance that we were fighting, as mentioned earlier from the, the, the conversation today, is only coming from what you actually do even before you come into the meeting. Oh, you're coming to the event because you're already researching and you know who you want to want to have a discussion first. If you're going there and your um, your intention is to connect with those people first, one of the things is we need to be active listening, right? We, we need to 
um, when we're asking the question, we we need to listen to what they actually say rather than you have all like hundred questions in your mind, you repair and you just keep asking and you're not there to interrogate them. <laughs> you're, you're there to have a conversation. <laughs> so active listening will help you to remember some of the um, the interesting point, you know, about maybe about their personal interests, about some of the challenge they're facing in the business at the moment. And that is sort of where, depends on how you close off the conversation as well. And that's sort of a reminder of how you reconnect them with the coffee chat or a follow-up meeting as well. But usually what I do is, so let's say, you know, I have a chat with a particular one of accountants that I met a couple of weeks ago and we just come in and he asks and then we we have different conversation and he start, um, I would start asking a lot of questions that getting to more like the common interest that we talk of soccer. Okay. Um, and then and then we, we spend a couple of minutes and talk about soccer and then but then I'm not there to just only have a have a chat about that but nicely get politely get out of the conversation and and when we follow up in the, the message they follow up with him and say, Great to chat with you the other day and we talk about the soccer but we would love to, you know, have a have a have a one on one to have a deeper conversation to see how I can help you because one of the challenges that you mentioned to me was you you have a client that looking at perhaps investing in property and don't know how to do so mm-hmm. and you don't know who to can re, um, refer to, then have a chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that that those sort of personal stories or those personal connections can really be the thing that works. Like I've got um, a particular uh, lady. I've just I've actually started working with her, but we connected and we got onto somehow got onto cat videos. So you know, it's like <laughs> we did we we send each other the funny cat memes or something, you know. And it's just it makes it just makes the the relationship. I think it's fun. It's kind mm. of not it's not all serious. We yeah. can have you know have some good stuff happen. Oh, and as well, so. uh, between me and Crowley, um, what when we have a conversation and we're fighting there. Uh, well, I originally from Vietnam. And, and I found out that Curly also spent um, some of her career journey in Vietnam as well. Yeah, okay. I've been over um, there like eight times. So yeah. 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 So that's a that's now a sort of a, a different conversation that we have. It's not yeah. all about work. It's, you know, it's yeah. about our you know, love of travel and the country and yeah. where we've been and yeah. all of that as well. Yeah. 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 Which is great. And it's really a skill that you build up over time. As you said, you're playing the long game. You're probably not going to be good at networking when you first start. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think everything the first time always hard. Yeah. I remember my first networking event. <laughs> I, I literally am sweating myself for some reason. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I walk into a room and and I literally fight a corner to to stood there to try to avoid all the eye contact. <laughs> And um, <laughs> even though even though I did a little bit of research and I think like oh you know talking to have a self talk and have a, you know talking to myself I want to go there and just open up and smile and be friendly and connect with people, but that nerve it got into me and I've been sweating and stood in at a corner, but I really I really quickly got out of that stage just because simply there's someone else that maybe more experienced networker saw me stood mm. in the corner. Mm. Um, a bit shy and not able to approach the group, the room, and that person just come across and have a chat with me, and just instantly for only you know a minute or so conversation to give me more confidence. And that person also helped me to connect with other people that he asking me where I'm, who, who actually I'm looking to connect with, and that's why one of the reasons why I'm using that question now yeah. for mm-hmm. me to also politely get out conversation as well. But that experience there also allowed me to be more confident with my approach. And the more I go, the more I feel comfortable. Mm. And now I feel like walking to the room and yeah. I just connect with it's people natural. naturally. Mm. Yeah. 
And I think that um, some people do do it more naturally um, because they are extroverted yeah. and, and that's the way that they are. We, we both know quite a few people that do that quite well, but... I think also, too, it comes from that space of actually just really being interested in others. Mm. And so just just being curious, you know. So when you go in, just being, you know, I'd love to learn more about this person and find out what they're into. So I think that when you have curiosity, um, I think it makes it a lot easier because you start to have all these really, you know, interesting and random conversations where you can find those commonalities and those reasons to to connect and reconnect and, you know. I think just be yourself. Just Mm -hmm. be yourself, who you are, people are. Uh, people appreciate authenticity. Yeah. Oh, I can't say that. But, you know, people appreciate that you be true to yourself, be yourself, and going there with the mindset of how you can want to help other people, what value you can give, and smile. Mm. Smile is your best tool to engage with other people in stranging. Uh, if you're in the in the networking event and then scanning the room as well, yeah. and if you hold the eye contact. If you have a, a nice smile, they usually come across to you and they approach you and they yeah. start a conversation. Yeah. Definitely okay. more approachable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What I've taken away from this conversation is that successful networking is from not just when you're at the event, but it starts before you attend the event. Mm. And it's also a lot of it comes from after, right? In the follow up. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, no, this has been really interesting. And I think networking is, you know, a really great tool for not just business owners, but professionals in their career to meet the right people, to further their skills and just have fun. Mm. Yeah, just have fun and, and getting getting to know more people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, to wrap up, Kiralee, I've asked Stephen these questions on a previous podcast, so mm-hmm. I won't ask him this time, but do you have a favourite book? Uh, Probably one of my more favourite reads more recently um, was one uh, for Love and Money, which is by uh, a lovely lady, Carolyn Butler Madden. She's based up in Sydney and loved her first book, read her second one recently, uh, actually stalked her for a little while, went to some of her webinars and and we've actually collaborated on a few things since. But um, what I love about that book is that it is, uh, I think, very timely because it's about how business is really an opportunity to you know, bring that human side and that focus back on community mm. um, and giving back and that every business has that opportunity to do that. Um, and when you do that and you do it well, it has an incredible impact on your business in, you know, in so many ways in, in the way that you know, the community or the, your clients actually view your business, your brand, how your staff engage with it as well. Mm. And, and mm. so I think... The more that people actually look at bringing that element into their business, um, the better it is for their business, but it's also a better thing for the world. Yeah. And that ties in really well with your business too, Mm. right? To finish off, Kiralee, what are you excited about for the future? Probably the opportunity that what I do in yep. in my business, I think that this is a very, it's a growing industry. I think there is an, a lot of opportunity, particularly for the SMA sector to do this and do it better. And I do think that this is uh, an area that the business sector can make a far greater impact, you know, moving forward because, you know, we as the sort of the people, uh, I think are actually getting how uh, powerful, you know, a voice we can have. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's really exciting to sort of see how that is, is evolving and it's moving very fast now. Mm. No, that yeah. is exciting. Mm. Thank you, Kiralee, and thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me here on the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks. It's been really great to, to catch up with you both about it today. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, 
please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.